G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of Thriving in Chaos with me, Paz. Thank you again for filling your ear holes with my voice in the form of this podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Instagram right now, it'll only take you a second and hit that follow button at Paz underscore official page. I release daily content as well as sneak peeks for all of the upcoming episodes that I have to release. So make sure you stay tuned for all of those. And if you haven't already, head back and listen to all of the other episodes that are available right here on Spotify. Nick Mackay, yeah. here we are. Mate, he's a Scotsman. He's got a strong accent. I watched Braveheart last night just to prep my ears for your accent. How are you, mate? Welcome to Australia for one. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks yeah. for having me. Mate, it's a pleasure. So tell me about Scotland. My So my family heritage is like Welsh, English, Scottish. I've never been there. Tell me about Scotland. <laughs> cold. Cold? Yeah, yeah no, I, I liked uh, growing up in Scotland. Mm. It was just, it's cold, it's grey. Mm. Like, it's quite a, like, I in Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I grew up, and it's like an old town, so it's all big grey buildings. And I love looking at it. I've, mm. I mean, I've got it on my arm. Yep. It's all the Edinburgh stuff mm-hmm. on my arm. Uh, but it's, the culture's a bit... Uh, Stuck in their ways, I think. Okay, so a yeah. bit of like old fashioned. Yeah, kind of yeah, and yeah. like people don't like to like branch out. I don't think as much. Okay, how so? What do you mean? Like if you hear people going, like a lot, a lot of people do go to Australia, mm. but if you hear people doing like bigger things, everyone just kind of like almost shits on them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. Okay, you know, like yeah, tall yeah. poppy syndrome kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, right. So what's um what's one of the things? Because you've been in Australia now for five months. Yeah. What's one of the things that you miss about home? Do you reckon? Definitely all my friends. Definitely all yeah, your friends. Yeah, friends, family. Yeah. I used to, like, they send me videos of them in the pub. Yeah, okay. And singing, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. Yeah. And I used to think, like, oh, I wish I was in the pub. Mm. But it's not that. It's, I wish I was with my friends. Well, of course. It's yeah. always the same, right? But it's... now they're, they've got an excuse to come out. Now. So how are you going with the transition then from, because you said it's cold, it's grey, and then you come to Australia, um, and it's hot, and it's sunny, and then it's hot, and hotter, and hotter. Yeah, loving it. Yeah, because have you you've been here obviously then for a little bit of time yeah, from through winter. Yeah, from May, yeah. and my sister's living in Ipswich at the moment. Yep, and um, so it was like waking up and it was like six degrees. Mm. So I'd get up and go for a run and I would kind of feel like Scotland again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then by eight o'clock it was twenty. Yeah. So I kind of transitioned slowly, mm. and then came down to the coast and I think the coldest it's been is like. 15 degrees. Oh, yeah. And every, but I tell you, 15 degrees to me, because I'm acclimatised to it. 15 yeah. degrees is like the jumper, the hoodie, the trackies, and I'm like, yeah. Fuck, Like, mate. next year, I'm going to be like that. Oh, 100%. As soon as summer's gone, I'm yeah. going to be like that. How have you adjusted with the sun then? With the Because, like, I mean, you're not the you're not the tannest bloke no, in no. the world. <laughs> but so how have you gone I with the sun? I struggled at the start, yeah. but I'm trying to... Like, I run every morning, so mm. I'm trying to ease myself into the sun yeah. that way. So you need a sponsor for, like, SPF 50 <laughs> yeah. or something. I need to bathe in this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I try and stay away. I like to try and go for, like, natural products and mm. everything I use. Yeah. But, man, I do need to... I try to avoid sun cream as much as possible. Yeah. But I need it. There's, yeah. there's no getting around it, you know? Mate, even as a, <laughs> as a born and bred Australian, oh, I still need sunscreen, so yeah. you're definitely going to need it. Yeah. So what made you want to make the move, then, from Scotland to Australia? Well, I knew from a young age I didn't want to stay in Scotland. I wanted to travel and stuff. Yep. But my uncle moved out here when he was 20, I think. Yep. So he's been out here like 30-odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time he came back, um, I remember at one time in a, we were at an anniversary party mm. and he came back and just said how good it was. There were so many more opportunities and I, all I heard was good things from it. Yep. So every time he came back, he'd brag about it. Yep. And I'd be like, oh, that's... 
sounds like a plan. Yeah. And from like age of 15, mm -hmm. that's where I kind of wanted to go. Okay. And I knew to get a skilled visa, I needed so many years experience. Mm -hmm. I'm a car mechanic. Yeah. So I needed a year's experience. Yeah. So how was it uh, being a car mechanic there? Because you obviously have to, is it the same process as what we have here in Australia? Well, you do an apprenticeship and then become a qualified trade? Or yeah, yeah. You do there? four years. Mm -hmm. So you do one week at college, four weeks in the garage. And you do that for the four years. Yeah. Um, you can do it a little bit quicker. Like it took me like three and a half years, but yep. you've got four years to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it. I wanted to be a mechanic since I was like eight years old. Yeah. My um, family in Ireland, I've got some Irish in me. Yeah. Um, they were all rally drivers and stuff. Oh, cool. So yeah, I used to go over there and it used to be surrounded by cars, yeah. trying to work on cars all my life. Yeah. And then as soon as I was 15, I got a Saturday job in the garage next to me. And then as soon as I was 16, he gave me the opportunity to get it. Nice. Did you get to go and see any of the uh, the rally races and things? I like never that? actually got to see any, but I just got Spiel. to be around all the cars. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, man. and that's really what got me into it. Mm -hmm. And so, what was your what was your niche of cars? Did you like the old classics? Old, Did you, yeah. yeah, the old. That's yeah. That's nowadays cars. I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> don't like new cars. Yeah, yeah. My dream car is like a, a Mark II Escort. Okay, Ford I'm going to pretend I know what that yeah. is. I'm not a car guy myself. Uh, yeah. Like I rely on dudes like you to be able to fix it because yeah. I'm that guy that if my car breaks down I pull over to the side of the road and I pop the hood I'm looking at it going fuck <laughs> yeah. what is this yeah yeah, yeah. no I'm, I'm grateful that I went through all that because I like it gives me hands on experience and stuff like that yeah yeah even though I don't like working on other people's cars anymore mm. I like working on my own yeah um, so I'm trying to get away from mechanics, but mm -hmm. it's good to have it. Are you going to buy yourself an old classic here in Australia? Yeah, I've been looking. Yeah. I like. Um, <laughs> I used to drift in Scotland okay. and had a Volvo 940. Okay. And I've been trying to find them out here and they're just... Impossible to yeah. find. Or there's a couple of nice ones, but because they're like so nice, they're just so expensive. Yeah, yeah. So What about if you got your, your shipped over? I probably, looked into you it. You looked at it. It's probably yeah. going to be about the same it price. Was, it was... Like it was, I think it was two thousand pounds to get okay. shipped over. Yeah, but it was going to cost the equivalent of like nine thousand pounds just to get registered. Ah, oh, it was just the registration is just insane. Really? Yeah, because that's like what it's almost. It's pretty much like double, right? Is that yeah? Like so it would be like four thousand pounds to get it shipped. Yeah, and then it would have been like sixteen thousand. That's to get it registered. That's ridiculous. <laughs> just, yeah, just to get like. What do you have roadworthy? Yeah, yeah, here? yeah. Just that to get it registered yeah. as a Australian car to get the plates changed. If you know, if you need something, mate, like I know a guy who does roadworthy. <laughs> you know, so I, I used They're to. Good own, guys to know. There's good guys to go, and I used to, I used to drive this old shitter that I bought off the. It was just like on the side of the road, mm. and they had like you know for sale. I think it was like four hundred dollars or something. So I'm like, this is like an old Ford Laser or something, and. I just needed a car. I just moved back from living in Canada. So I bought this thing and I was like, there's no way this thing is going to pass a roadworthy. Called up me mate. And then he just sent me through a roadworthy yeah. certificate without ever looking well, at the car. Well, that's what I found out here is you can, a guy can come to your house. And yeah, do yeah. I, in Scotland, it's a lot stricter. You yeah. do it once a year, every year. Really? Yeah, you get fined if you don't drive with one. Wow. You can't do your road tax if you don't have one. Mm. And it's like a full-on like whole hour Got to check the brakes, check everything, put it up on the ramp in the garage. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's hectic. Yeah, That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I was I was stunned when I came over here and mm. found out you do it once when you buy it and you don't check it ever Never again. again. <laughs> Never again. And I suppose some of the cars that are on the road, 
like at current times and I'm sure you would have seen it, especially like if you've gone and visited, was it your sister who lives in Ipswich? Yeah. Go out there, <laughs> yep. Gold Coast. There's I've a seen lot <laughs> of... Uh, I actually worked as a mechanic here for a month. Okay. Um, and I was kind of nervous because I was like, it's just going to be old battered cars. Mm. But the boss, he kind of stayed away from all that. Yeah. It was more like upgrading cars. Okay. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, you said before that you're, you're not interested in being a mechanic anymore. You did it for 10 years yeah. from when you were 15 through to how old are you now? I'm 25 25 now. now. Almost 26, so, yeah. so you've done it you pretty much your entire working life. What are you doing now to make a make a quid Well, I'm here? in sales now, yep. just for an energy company. Yep. I am gas, electrics and stuff. You're not one of those blokes who comes and knocks on my door trying no, to sell me I just interrupt so. you and phone you up. Yeah, you're the worst kind of person. <laughs> but it's quite good. It's not cold calling. Yeah, okay. It's all people that were on the website and stuff, so it's a lot right. easier. Yeah. Um, it's commission-based, so I quite like that because the harder you work, the more yeah. you get out of it, you know? Yeah, of course. It's not just hourly. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that. I, like, I want to try and get better at sales mm-hmm. and stuff because I think it bleeds into everything. I'm not going to do it for the rest of my life, yeah. but we'll see what happens. I would like to try and make kind of an online presence and try and go that route. Yeah, so because your your online presence, and this is kind of like one of the reasons why I got you on is something that you're very passionate about, which is your, your health and your fitness, mm. and in particular running, which we do not have in common because I fucking <laughs> hate running. But you are doing a marathon a day every day in the month of March. Yep, to, for 26 days. For 26 days. Yeah, I so, did it because it's going to be my 26th birthday. Yeah, <laughs> that's something. That's a that's an amazing feat that you wanted to, to achieve. So take me back then before the idea of wanting to do that. Mm. You were obviously a sportsman or something like that because obviously sport is quite large in Scotland. Yeah, it's a lot of football. Um, it's a home of golf. Yep. I used to play golf, but okay. I was never like into sports super into sports okay um i like golf i like formula one more mm-hmm. um too expensive to get into car racing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never really i played a bit of football with my friends but that was it yeah and i was never really fit at all like mm. i was quite chubby as a kid okay Didn't do you really... think that that's what like kind of stirred you a little bit to try and get a, like get fitter get stronger maybe yeah because in, mm. in school there was a time like i don't know i would have been like 14 15 where i started to be like okay i need to actually find out how to eat well and mm. stuff and i started going to the gym very inconsistently yeah and um, we'd go a couple months leave it go a couple months mm. and I, but i was more conscious yeah about stuff yeah and then went through as soon as i turned 18 it was just i can drink in pubs mm. yeah <laughs> it was just every weekend and yeah. that's what it is in scotland it's yeah people work monday to friday all weekend get drunk yeah monday to friday get drunk and that's what it is did you find yourself like falling into that oh, category really yeah i still yeah. like I'm, enjoy tr- it. yeah i still do it no yeah. again you know yeah yeah I'm trying to get sure. away from that now but yeah. that's what i did and then lockdown came hmm. all the gym shut the pubs shut yeah and i was like oh what did i do it's a bunch of sad scots everywhere, yeah yeah right? i used to literally <laughs> we used to facetime have like a group facetime like nine people yeah and we'd all just be drinking in a room yeah <laughs> speaking on facetime <laughs> as if we're in the pub <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that would have probably been the loudest FaceTime in the history. My mum and dad were not happy. I bet. <laughs> I bet. My house is a very big back home and they yeah. would be knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did you? How did your parents feel about you moving over to Australia? Oh, they were like just sad to see us go because yeah. my sister moved over f- six years ago now. Yeah. Um, they know it's better opportunities, so they know it's good for yeah. us, but they're obviously going to miss us and yeah. stuff like that. Do you that. reckon they'll ever come over? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My dad always says he'll only come over if it's a one-way ticket. Okay. So we need to try and get them over on a one-way ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the what's the pull point? Do you reckon you got to meet an Australian girl? And no, I have no idea. Yeah. I think once I get permanent residency and we've got making a bit of income, mm. they'll they'll come over. Yeah. Have yeah. they been over to visit? My mum has. Yep. My mum's been over a few times. She like it? Yeah. She she likes it. I don't know if she would ever move permanently yeah but she would definitely do a few months out of the year yeah and come over and she she loves it yeah good yeah my dad's always i think my dad thinks he's going to like it too much Mm. and then if he goes back home it'll just be (laughs) it'll just be all sad (laughs) he's like i don't want to do it unless i'm going to be there forever you know um so then so let's jump back into the the fitness journey and the the running journey when did you start to because a marathon a day is a massive effort it's yeah. that's 42 k's yeah 42.2 k's Oosh. yeah so what's your what's your training plan programming looking like to get yourself ready for something like that yeah well i started out like it was locked in it got me into running yeah everything shut down i was like i'll try and run yeah i ran a tiny bit before then mm-hmm. and then lockdown i started running and I, I ran like a 5k, I don't know, I had to stop like six times. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd get a bit better, then I tried a 10k mm-hmm. and a 15k. This just like no races, just running on the weekend. Yep. And then I was like, oh, I'll, I can go a bit further, go a bit further. And I remember trying one day to get to 30 kilometers and I gave up at 29 kilometers. Oh. And I went home and I was so angry. I was sore for like yep. two days. Yeah. And then I realized the pain went away pretty quick. Mm. I was like, oh. That's okay. Because I said at that point, I'll never try and run long distance again. Okay. And it was literally a week later, I was like, oh, I'll try and do 30 again. Yeah. I ended up doing 30 kilometers and I was like, I'll do a marathon. Mm. So I, I just looked up on YouTube, just teaching myself, mm. just do speed workouts to get faster, do long runs to run longer and yeah. don't go too fast and everything. And then nutrition, like eating to fuel rather than eating to like look good. Yeah. You know? It's a it's a in a, a completely different sport in its own. Yeah, hey? like marathon running or even sprinting. Running itself is so different to being in the gym to yeah know, give yourself the physique of you know your goals or whatever it is. Yeah. So so what's your what's your everyday or weekly it's, training plan then? Um, normally, because I've just been training for marathons at the moment, it's normally like so Monday would be like a ten k. So Monday. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are normally like 10, 12 kilometers. Yeah. And then Tuesday is like a speed workout. Mm-hmm. So it would be maybe three times three kilometers and then three times one kilometers with a couple of cool downs. Yeah. Or it might be just like a long tempo, 10 kilometers, see how fast you can do it. Yeah. And then the Saturdays are normally my long runs. Yeah. So 21s to 36 kilometers. What do you prefer? Do you prefer the, the shorter no, versions? You long prefer ones, the long ones? 100%. Now. Yeah. I hate speed workouts. Yeah. <laughs> I know they have to be done. Yeah. But that feeling of just like not being able to breathe, your chest hurts rather than your legs hurt. Yeah. It's, it's not comfortable. Yeah. I'd rather go out because I don't listen to music yeah. when I run. So you just listen to yourself breathe? Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that yeah. like I like to actually think about my thoughts yeah. and go out. I'd rather be out there for hours just thinking, thinking about things. It, yeah. So what do you think about when you're running that long? Just everything. everything. Like I've sorted out, I'll, I see problems, they're not the bigger problems, but things in life that I'm struggling with mm. go in my long runs and it's you've got nothing else to think about. Yeah. So I think about everything, then I come back home and I can really think about, sit down, work everything out, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that 29 clicker that you did, that you didn't quite get to 30K, yeah. which was obviously the, the demons would have been eating you alive on that. <laughs> yeah. On that slow That run I had music in. I yeah. needed music that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was the, 
what was the mind shift change then to go, okay, never again will I only do X amount when I've said I'm going to do Y? Because it's, it's that cliche, like, pain's temporary, yeah. you know? Like, my hips were seizing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got home, it was like, even the next day, I was up walking, I was sore, but nothing bad happened to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I just did that one kilometre, how good would I have felt, yeah. you know? And then Absolutely. when I did 30, how good I did feel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that that's what kind of pushed me. Like, oh, yeah. this feeling's pretty good, you know? What's been the what's been the longest that you've done? Because obviously the 40, like 42.2 is what the marathon, you know, kind of finish length is. Yeah. Have you gone further? No, that you? is the longest I've that's done. That's the longest? Yeah, because I've, I've only trained for a marathon. Yep. In marathon training, you never actually run a marathon. Mm. People think, oh, just keep running marathons and you'll get better. Yeah. You just run up to it with like the certain paces and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've got a, a 50 kilometer in December and that'll be the longest one. 50 K. Yeah. Where's that one being? That's held? in the Gold Coast. Okay. Yeah. And they actually put up a video of the route. Yeah. And geez, it, it never ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you put it, when you actually look at how far you do go, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. How do you train for, so because the, the marathon is obviously, you think 42.2 Ks, right? And that's, that's a fair amount of distance. Mm. And in that distance, especially around the Gold Coast, is that where the, that marathon is being held? Like the one that you're doing? Uh, yes, yes. So, um, so because you're running around there, do you get to pick your own route that you're going to do every single day? That's flat and not running yeah, up and down I just, hills. Yeah, I basically just run up and down the coast. Yeah. So for people that are in the Gold Coast, I go from Surfers down to a place called Miami. Yeah. Then back up to Surfers, up to the Spit. Yep. And then back down, it's roughly 30 to 40 kilometers. Right. But that's nice. It's it's literally a 10-minute run to the beach from my house. Yep. And then it's straight up and down the coast. Yeah. Nice. And you've got... I run on my own all the time. Mm. But you've got all the runners doing their own thing. And it kind of... Yeah. When you're beside other runners, it kind of spurs you on, even yeah. if you're not with them. Yeah. You know? They've that, seen them back and forth, and they give you that nod, like, yeah. you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you involved in any types of, like, running clubs or anything like that? I just started. Okay. Um, last week was my first one, and yep. it's called the Mega Run. Yeah. And they do 10K every Sunday. Nice. But it's all over. Like, they do Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, uh, Melbourne, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just 10K every Sunday, trying to, before 6 o'clock. Yeah. Trying to get up and... Do you find that that's uh, like a little helpful little reset yeah. kind of thing? Because if you're running all, all the time... Yeah, I've never running. ran with people before yeah. until I came here. Mm. Um, I was always thinking, why would you run with people? Because you don't really speak to them yeah. while you're running and stuff. Yeah. But you do. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Um, and you I know. hate those people. That <laughs> want I went for a run with one of my mates, JJ, and... He is like, he's a runner. He enjoys running. I can run. Like, you know, I'd like to think that I'm pretty fit, but I'm fit on my own. Uh-huh. Like, and so we were running together. We, I think we ended up going for like a 10K run or something. And he wanted to talk to me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I was there trying not to die because obviously I, I'd normally run with music because I can't listen to myself breathe because yeah. <laughs> otherwise I'd just get in my head. I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I can't listen to this. And he's talking to me the whole time and I'm there just like, yeah, mate, yep, yeah. for sure. So you're you're happy to just talk to Yeah, him. well, that's what I've learned as running mm. is you do 80% of your running like at the pace that you can have a conversation at. Yeah, okay. Whereas that's why a lot of people make a mistake. Yeah. They go try and do a PB every time they go out and then yeah. they do that for two weeks and they they cramp up or their legs are sore and then they give up. Yeah. So more well, the zone two running Yeah, stuff zone is... two, 80% of the time. Like I do one speed workout a week mm-hmm. and as I get closer to a marathon, the 
long runs have like marathon paces in them. Yeah. But other than that, it's zone two. So what's your zone two pace though? Like a five minute fifteen a kilometer. Five minute fifteen. Yeah. See that to me <laughs> is probably like my I'm working hard. Yeah, like top. I'm probably under one hundred and forty beats per minute on my heart. Yeah, I'm right. Doing that. Mate, if I was running five fifteen, <laughs> I'm clapping at like a dollar sixty BPMs, and I'm just like, please stop. But so, <laughs> what's your um, what's your motivation or your reason? Not so much motivation. Motivation comes and goes, and yeah. you can lose it very, very quickly. What's your reasoning as to why you want to do this marathon a day for every day? Well, first of all, it was just for me, just. Yep. Pers totally selfish. Yep. I want to try and push myself. I've seen a lot of the stuff, David Goggins, obviously you look at stuff like him, you have yep. read his books, and then you hear that Ned Brockman running across Australia, mm -hmm. you're like, and I just look at these people and go, well, if they can do it, yeah, I could probably do it. Yeah. And I, it was just a thought that I was lying in bed and thought 26 miles every day for 26 days for my 26th birthday, that'd be quite cool. Yeah. And then I never thought about really doing it until I told my manager at work. Yep. And he went back to down to Melbourne where they have the headquarters and told everyone I was doing it. Yeah. I was like, oh. He goes, well, you've got to do it now. I was like, yeah, yeah it looks like it. Yeah, a bit of pressure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I wanted to do it. I wanted to push myself. I've always, I've recently known that push myself is, I get a lot of fulfillment out of that. Mm. Push myself what no one else is doing. Yep. When I'm running at five in the morning and there's not many people out before they even wake up, it makes me... I, it's something to brag about, I guess. Yeah, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and that that consistency as well is getting up because you're running. Are you running every day? Do you run every I, I'm day? I'm going to start. It's six days a week at the moment, yeah. but it's going to have to be seven. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that's it. a that's a massive head game. Like, because the head noise of being like, because even if you just do, if you're doing zone twos all the time, mm -hmm. you can still wake up one day and you just be like, man, my legs are a little bit more sore than yeah. they were yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it never went for my run yesterday. Yeah. It was supposed to be ten kilometers. Yeah. So this morning I had to get up early yep. and do my 10K before I did the the mega run. Yeah, no, so you, <laughs> Just, ran you ran 20Ks this morning. Yeah, I had to get up and get early. Yeah. yeah. And that <laughs> and that's goes to show that the the motivation is something that can fade away very, very quickly. Yeah. But the consistency is what needs yeah, to Yeah, like there's there. multiple times where I'm like 28Ks into a run going... Just can't Uber home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like I cannot be bothered. And then you get a couple of Ks in and you're like, you know what? could get there like no mm. one's gonna know yeah i could just get an uber home and just not tell anyone yeah not post it online yeah <laughs> you know just yeah but then i'll know yeah of course <laughs> you know and that's the biggest thing hey? yeah and that, no one it's always back to that feeling of when i had the 29ks and i stopped yeah i was like oh man i felt so bad the next couple of days because mm. i was sore and i had nothing to well i ran 29ks it's something to show yeah but for me i had nothing to show for it because i didn't do what i wanted to yeah. do yeah you know yeah Having those personal goals is super important because yeah. it keeps you accountable for the consistency and your discipline that you're putting into it. And yeah. if you fall off that bandwagon, you do exactly what you and do. It sounds a bit weird, but like life's so easy. Mm. Like life's way too easy at the moment. Yeah. For like convenience sake and stuff. Yeah. So I think doing hard things is just you've got to do something hard in your life to yeah, get going, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so are you going to are you gonna be raising uh, any kind of funds or anything yes. like that? So there's a link on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm raising it for November yep. um, for men's mental health, prostate yep. cancer and stuff. Yep. Um, I've put $10,000. I just wanted to go big or go home if I yeah, make absolutely. it or not. Yep. Um, so you, everyone can donate on my Instagram page on GoFundMe yep. and try and raise as much as I can. And so what made you, what made you pick like Movember, men, men's mental health? Well, it, sc it scares me that the biggest like 
threat to men is ourselves with yep. suicide rates and stuff. Yep. And I've personally never had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I know people around me that have, and it's not it's not nice to see. Yeah. So I was thinking if I can just do something to help everyone else. Yeah. You know. I, what's that? What's it like to then for yourself to not go through it, but to have those people around you? What was I, the, what was it that they? Because I through? feel like I couldn't do anything. Because mm. I've not I couldn't relate. Yeah. You know. Um. It's not nice to see other people go through like shit times and you, yeah you can be there for them but you'll yeah. never know exactly what they're going through mm-hmm. you know so it's not very nice to not nice to see that yeah yeah so i think sure. we can get as many people away from the times as possible you know yeah and, and it's all about that it's all about that awareness and especially these days where there's a lot of stigma around uh, not speaking about it, not bringing it up, not talking because society doesn't want strong men. They don't want weak men. They just yeah, want people they... to, you know, what do you want? Yeah. And the same goes for for women as well. You know, like you, if you're too powerful of a woman, then you then you're seen to be too controlling. And then yeah. if you're a weak woman, then you're not a strong woman. And then what the fuck is people? What are we supposed yeah. to do? And I know? think it's hard to because yeah, you can like tell men to open up. Mm. But if you open up to the wrong person. And they just either shut you down or say you're overthinking it or then you're like, oh, maybe I am. And then that's not helpful at all. Mm. So there's a balance of like, you need to open up, but also you can't open up to, got to open up to the right people. That's right. You know? Yeah. And then if they're, they could be going through something that they don't know how to articulate Mm. and then they shut you down because they think you're stupid or they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Then that raises a whole other load of issues. Yeah, a hundred percent. You definitely need to. You definitely need to pick and choose who you who you speak to. And most of the time, people give off that that energy, that vibe that they are somebody that you can confide in in, in things like that. Yeah, like I always think you're never going to meet someone that if if I told you my problems, you're just going to go, "No, I'll see you later." Yeah, you know, you're always going to try something. Yeah, but then again, like if people come to me with problems, if I've not been through, it, I almost feel bad. Like, how do I give them advice if yeah. I've not went through that? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to to resonate with somebody's story if you haven't been through it yourself. Yeah, but it definitely gives you a tool in your arsenal of weapons that you can pick. That if somebody was to come to you next time and mm-hmm. say, "I'm going through this," and then you go, "Well, I can relate that back to what I heard this person going through," and I wasn't able to give them the greatest of advice or any advice mm-hmm. then, but now I have a little bit more of an understanding, so I can point them in this direction. I mean, mate, that's a it's an amazing thing that you're doing. It's a really, yeah. really good thing, especially because like this podcast that I do is there's a lot of there's a lot of topics that I talk about. There's a lot of reasons why I do it, and one of the biggest things is because myself, I have struggled massively with my own mental health uh, throughout the years, and it's kind of gone through ebbs and flows of. Mm struggling with things when I was a teenager into a little bit of period of where it was at bay and I felt like I was kind of getting on top of it and then things happen in life and then my mental space changes and then you know you change as a person you grow and you learn and you're into interested in new things you're interested in different things and then that comes with different people different feelings of yourself and now with my my military career with what happened with there with losing my my eyesight that was that to me was the turning point for this kind of most recent battle that I had yeah and so when I hear of blokes like you who haven't 
gone through it. It doesn't. It makes me go. That's so. I'm jealous of you that you haven't had to go through it. But yeah, it doesn't. I'm so I'm very grateful. Yeah. Like I realize how lucky I am. But it doesn't make me go like you know fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just makes me go. I hope that that's how it continues for you. And mm-hmm. it's so great that even though you haven't had any personal experience within your own mind that you still want to do so much for people who are in that space. Yeah. So that's that's unreal that you want to do. And do you, do you think doing the podcast and speaking to other people has, has helped you? I think that it is, it's helped me massively mm-hmm. because it's been a way that I have to be very, I have to be honest when I talk. Otherwise people will shoot holes in shit that you say yeah. because as you know, like my, as my podcast continues to grow and I'm reaching more and more people, if I'm saying things that I don't mean, they'll be able to see straight through it because you have to be very transparent with what you're saying and why you say it. And so if people think they're just like, mate, you're full of shit because you don't actually, your values and who you are and all of those things don't actually line up with what you're putting out there. You need to be able to walk the walk as well as talk the talk as mm-hmm. well and so that yeah like it's it's definitely helped me be able to also um i guess accept the things that i have been through and that it's all right to feel the way that i have but also it's given me the ability to be able to move past them and to use them as now a building block onto my next better self yeah. which is i think important especially for blokes to be able to always be a work in progress, for everyone to be looking at the struggles that they've faced in life, whatever they are, it doesn't need to be mental health, it can be relationship breakdown, job breakdown, whatever it might be, is that it's always looking for that what's next, what can I be better at all the time, mm. those one percenters that have to get better, otherwise you stay stagnant, right? You yeah. Know? If Like you look at yourself, if you were to have not done the one percenters that accumulate over time, you'd probably still be in Scotland yeah. because you'd be too afraid of taking the leap to move to another country to start a new journey and things like that. Yeah, because like it was comfortable. Yeah. You know, I had a secure job and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. And and comfort zones are comfort zones are great for a little while, yeah. but everybody starts to get itchy feet at some point in their life, mm-hmm. and whether that's just changing job, it doesn't always have to be as extreme as that's it. I'm packing my bag yeah. and fucking off to somewhere <laughs> else. It can just be like you know I need a new challenge, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's why when you hear of people that have been working in the same job forever, that's great. Some people absolutely love what they do and the reason why they do it, and that's fantastic. But then when they stop and they have no more why anymore, they have no more reason to get up and do things or whatever, yeah. then they fall apart. Yeah. They that's, lose everything. I feel like people need to like, kind of feel what they're feeling and realise why they're feeling like that. Yeah. I've noticed that in the past year I've been trying to work on if I'm feeling down or on a day that I'm sad, say it's raining outside mm. and I'm oh, it's a shit day, I kind of do stop and be like, right, why is it? Why am I feeling shit? Yeah. Is it the rain mm. or is it because something's happened and the rain's just like an excuse? Yeah. Or even like if I'm feeling super happy one day, I do kind of pinch myself and go, right, what, why is that? Mm. So that I can go back and go, okay, it was, I had a really good run this morning or mm. I was with good people. Yeah. And then go back to that. Yeah. And rather than just like, oh, I'm feeling a bit down today cool the whole day is ruined yeah you know like why are you feeling down mm. and if you, you realize why you're feeling down maybe you just pigged out mm. and now you feel down you're like oh it's, yeah it's because you eat all the shit yeah <laughs> you know <absolutely. laughs> and that's one of the things that people forget is that your 
your body and the way that your your mind works, the way that your body reacts is starts with what we put into our mouth. Because yep. if you fill it with shit, you'll feel shit. And then because your body feels shit, your mind feels shit. And then you just you're sitting in a puddle of your own self going, Everything is everything sucks. Yeah. And like, you're like but there's also nothing wrong with picking out every once oh, in a while, yeah, of you know. Not, but you I did it last night, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, and I. But to be fair, I woke up this morning and I felt a little bit shitty, so I went to the gym and I was like, okay, I've now worked off what I yeah. just ate last night. It's just a lot of people don't even know why they feel shitty. Yeah, and that's what they need to mm. need to work on. Yeah, like what, I, I've yeah. noticed that I've been taking my health really serious last year, yeah. like with especially with nutrition. Yeah, and I've noticed that like. I thought I felt good mm. and started started concentrating on that and then now I really feel good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, geez, this is what, yeah. this is what the new normal is. Mm. I think it's like if you just raise your standards a little bit and they become the new normal. Yeah. God, when you look back at what you used to be, it's... <laughs> and it's all of those 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 little 1% things yeah. that you do better, you know, and that's what I think stops and hinders people a lot with changing a habit is because they go, well, I've been doing it for so long and I feel fine. And they go, if I change, am I going to be unhappy or am mm-hmm. I going to, you know, they're scared of what that, what may be progression, what it might do to them. Am I going to lose my friends? Am I going to do this, that, yeah. or whatever? And until you do have to take that plunge and you'd be like, you know what, I'm going to start small and I'm going to start waking up every day at the same time rather than, you know, some days waking up at five, feeling great, go for a walk. The next day, sleep until 10. Yeah. You know, like those inconsistencies are huge with our mindset and that massively with your keeping that consistency with discipline makes it easier on the days when you lack the motivation because motivation comes and it goes. And if you only ever waited for the days when you felt motivated, you're leaving it up to chance. Yeah. You're leaving it up to 100%. times when you just go, well, if I was going to do everything that I said I was going to when I feel motivated, that might be one day out of seven. And it might be one day in a whole year because things might happen and you might find yourself always in a rut and you never find the motivation. And then you look back on the last year and you're disappointed with what happened because you went, well, I just lacked motivation. Yeah. But if you gain consistency and discipline and you did those things, even on the days when you felt like shit, you would be one year ahead of where you were the year before. Yeah, you get seven times the results Absolutely. every day. Absolutely. But I mean, it's not, it's not easy to change. No. Like when I left, I did mechanics for 10 years mm. and I left that job and I was like, as soon as I left, I was like, geez, that's me stripped of almost like my identity. Yeah. Because it was always, I'm a mechanic. I don't care about the cold because yeah. I can work outside. I'm yeah. tough. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I had in my own head. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it was, but <laughs> <laughs> but then I came here and I tried. I did mechanics for a month, and that's when I was like, "What am I doing?" Mm. I didn't go all the way the other side of the world to do the exact same thing. Yeah, and I, I suddenly kind of felt, "Geez, what? What am I now? What do I do?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Not, it's not easy. Then it's like even as simple as. You might not go drinking out one one weekend with your friends, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you've changed. Mm. You don't drink anymore." Yeah. I'm like, oh, "Come here, break." Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I used to do the same. Yeah. If my friends don't come out, I'm like, "Come on." Yeah. You, oh man, you I love used to, to drink. Absolutely, I was exactly the same. Like when I was in my my heavy party years, from when I was probably in my very early twenties, um, through till I was probably about twenty five, probably eighteen through till I was about twenty five. I had that good seven years of just absolutely annihilating my body. Stint, mate. <laughs> and I and I paid for it too, you know. Like I have no doubt that that 
had a lot to do and a massive impact on what was happening in my life at that that time because I was addicted to it. Mm-hmm. I was addicted to living for the weekend. I was addicted to that Friday to Sunday. I don't give a fuck what I do because mm-hmm. I've worked all week. I've earned this. And then I was borrowing all of next week's happiness for Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, <laughs> you know. And, and yes, I had a great time. And do I regret it? No, because it changed the way that I look at myself now and the things that I once did. And I go, well, yes, that was a period of my life. And I was very lucky that I got out of it because a lot of people stay Stay there and then get very hooked on whatever it is that they're doing. And that continues and it ruins their life, you know, ultimately. And it ruins their relationships and and their relationship with themselves as well because they're just so dependent on that high, especially... As you're getting older and you change and the seasons of your life change, people start to move on, move yeah. off into different directions. And most of the time, it's when somebody is still stuck in the phase that you were in altogether, maybe, and that might be the partying and the drinking scene, it might be something else. And they stay there. And everybody else is like, yeah. I've got like, you know, I've got a a wife and kids now, you know, like, or I've got other different responsibilities or I'm taking my career more seriously now. I can't keep on doing benders from Friday to Sunday. And that can be a hard pill for people to swallow, to be able to be like, well, I don't want everyone to change. I don't want this to just be me. I want everybody still here. And then you feel very isolated and you feel very alone and then you're stuck and you're just like, Fuck, I even I found that with myself, like training for my first marathon. Yep. I didn't want to not go out. Mm. I didn't want to not socialize. Yep. So I used to do all my training uh, up until a Saturday. Yep. And Saturday I'd go out. Yep. And I'd be like, oh, at least I can, I can do both. Yep. It's like, it gets to a point where you can't do both. Yeah. You've got to pick. <laughs> at what point did you go, I can't do both? How many weeks out from the marathon was it? it? Was, no, there was a good, well, even like the, my first marathon, I was drinking the day before. I only had the two or three pints, but yeah. <laughs> I said to myself I was carb loading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that as fuel for tomorrow. Yeah, that okay. was it. Yeah. But yeah, but then I realized I was like, I did my first one and actually my first one was a scam. Mm. I got, I paid for it and the people, like the whole organization was a scam. Oh, we, wow. We, yeah, we got our money back. Yeah. But I did it for um, Alzheimer's Okay. Um, for the charity and I was like, well, I've got to run on that day. Yeah. So I actually ran like a six kilometer loop yeah. and my friends were there every time I came round, mm. they were all drinking in the park while I'm <laughs> running this marathon, and they were handing me gels and yeah. stuff, and it was good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was still drinking most weekends yeah. to do that one, and then I, I got a, I think it was like three hours seventeen or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, geez, that's pretty good going. I was like, mm. what happens if I didn't drink? Yeah. Or I actually took it serious. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, actually, mm. I want to try, try and pursue this a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. And, and so you went on to to to, to a PB, which was three hours eight minutes thirty two seconds, correct? That, that was in Sydney, just yep. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was, was that feeling? Because that was that the first one that you did without drinking? Um, yeah, basically. Like yeah. I still like I still drank a little bit, yeah. but um, like nowhere near as much. I would have a couple of drinks on the weekend and yep. stuff. Um, as long as I didn't do anything on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, but close to the race, I dialed it in, didn't drink at all. Yeah. And then got the PB and I cried at the end. Yeah. Because it's like you hit a PB, all the work happened. And yeah. that race was hard. Yeah. It was like 17 or 18 degrees at 7 a.m. when we started. And it was 32 when I finished. Yeah. And every medical tent was full of people. 
passed out. Can imagine. And you're going for, like, am I going to make it? Mm. <laughs> and I don't know. It's my first ever like big official marathon. Yeah. And I was following two pacers. Mm. Now I don't know if the pacers are supposed to go to the end, but they dropped off at twenty five k. Yeah. One guy had his hands on his knees. The other guy was. I was like, geez, if the pacers don't make it, yeah. <laughs> how am I going to make it? Yeah. And then yeah, you get there, and then I got a PB finally. And I cried at the end. Yeah. Because there was thousands of people just at the end. Yeah. And I've never experienced... The last one I did was in um, a little bit up north of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And there was only 200 people were running. Yeah. And it was like, at halfway, there was a group of maybe 20 people. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, there's maybe 100 people cheering you on. There's nothing compared to Sydney, where there was tens of thousands of people yeah. all the way around the... And all there for you as well. Yeah, that's, that's the way, Walking <laughs> off doing these ones. That's Thank what you. it feels like. Yeah. When you come to the end, it's like no one else is there. It's just me. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That, well, that, it's a special moment. Yeah. You know? And especially because you've done... Like, because nobody else might know about that that's your personal best. And that's why it's so important to maintain of those achievements, those yeah. goals that you've set for yourself, and then you've reached them. And then the most important thing with that is to set the new one. What's well, the new goal for that's you? That's what I noticed then. I did my first marathon. Mm-hmm. I finished in like, I don't know, for like three months, I was like, what did I do? Yeah. I stopped running. I went went on holiday. I was just drinking. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's nothing to actually train for. Yeah. I thought, like, oh, I need to get my arson gear. Yeah. So I changed. I went for another marathon mm-hmm. and started training for that. And I was like, oh, I feel better now. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what I need to start doing is just every time one finishes... Find the next one. A new one. So the next one's fifty k. Yeah. Once that finishes, I've got a trail run in February. Yeah. And then that's part of my training for the twenty six marathons. Have you have you looked into doing or sorry getting like an actual trainer, like a running coach or? A... Um, I've been, <laughs> this again. It's me, but I I feel like I want to get one because I'll probably run a lot better. Mm-hmm. But then I, in the back of my head, I think. Oh, could you imagine I did that without any help? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's always in the back of my head. Yeah. Because yeah, I want yeah. to do um, a sub theater marathon, mm-hmm. which is hard. I tried yeah. to do that in Sydney. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, I'll get a coach and it'll be so much easier. But then mm. I'm like, oh, the harder way is normally better. Yeah. And I was like, what happens if I did sub three and I could say I did it with no help? Yeah. Just YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on, I'm on the fence. Yeah. Now, your, I'm yeah, tempted so- to reach out to people for the. 26 marathons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, mate, honestly, I'd probably say that it's probably worth, at <laughs> yeah. least for some of the uh, some of the recovery thing. Cause so, so walk me through what that's going to look like because doing 42.2 every single day, yeah. how you, have you got yourself a team set up to be able to meet you like at checkpoints or something I've got like that? I've nothing in place. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to just eat all of the stuff and then I've got, I take gels. Yep. Um, so I worked out I'll have nine gels every marathon. Mm-hmm. So I think if I just take gels and just eat either side of it, it should yeah. be good. I mean, I worked from 10 till 6. Yeah. Uh, it's an office job, so I'm sitting down most of the day, so mm-hmm. that should be not too bad. Yeah. But I'm now I'm contemplating whether to do... It's going to take me like about four hours-ish yeah. to do every all the marathons. Mm-hmm. And then I'm either going to do it before work yeah. or just quickly go home, drop the car off and do it after work. Yeah. I don't know which one to do. Man, I think, well, I mean, if you wanted my personal <laughs> opinion, I'd probably want to do it before work. Yeah. Because I, I, would, I would find if I was sitting down all day from 10 till 6, did you say? Yeah. That's a long time to be sitting there thinking about what you've got to do and then... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, geez, sometimes 
after work I go to the gym and I can't be bothered doing yeah. an hour in the gym. Yeah. Never mind a four hour, yeah. four hour run. But yeah, yeah. then I was also thinking the mornings are going to be a lot hotter. Yeah. And then I don't know how I'm going to be at work mm. after the marathon. Yeah. At least I'll be able, I'll have a good night's sleep and get up and go straight to work. Yeah. Because I still need to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's not like I can just underperform at work because yeah. I'm doing this run. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, I've, at the moment I'm going to do them at night. Mm hmm. But that could all, that could all change. Yeah. And I, if I have to swap from night till day, in that twenty six days, I'm gonna to have to do one at night and then one in yeah. the morning. So I'm gonna to have to decide before we, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> before we go. But I don't know. I'm trying to post on social media and see if anyone wants to do some, even to do like ten k with me or something like that. Yeah. So we'll see, I've got a few months to let people know. Yeah, well, That's I mean, right. see, if you've got that running group, though. Yeah, that, a lot of them, there's two guys already that want to try a marathon. Yeah. I said, well, just run with me. Yeah. I'm not doing it for any sort of time. Yeah. I was going to at the start, and I thought, I, I, five marathons in five days, I'll see how I am then before yeah. I start thinking about times. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, why don't you come try and run a marathon with me? Yeah, so are you going to do that? Are you going to do like a, a little block where you do run a, a marathon back to back to back to back? Yeah, gonna... I'm going to, before then, I'm going to have to try and do it. One guy in the running club, he did seven in a week. Yeah. And said he got to day five and he was like, he wished he never started. Yeah. And I was like, God, I've got yeah. to do 26. Yeah. But um, he said at least do two or three days back to back and yeah. it gives See you a feeling. So that's what I'm going to do after the year. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Power Sup Strathpine, Strathpine's best supplement store. Biggest brands, cheapest prices, all available in one location. You can go in-store and use my discount code, PAZ10, for a 10% discount. All of your supplement needs, all in one place, Power Subs Strathpine. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by TACPAC Australia. TACPAC is on a mission to help parents take on the monumental task that is parenting through a range of practical A to Z functional products, but their use doesn't stop there. The features of this gear is set to keep everything and everyone organized and ready to go for anything that life throws at you. So if you're anything like me and you don't have kids, what on earth am I going to use a parenting bag for? Well, their multi-use, multi-functional bags, gear, everything can be used for just that, whatever you need it to do. I use mine personally as a gym bag. You can use it for the same. You can use it for whatever you want. The possibilities are endless. You can go over to their website, tacpack.com.au and use my discount code PAZ23 for a 15% off store-wide discount. tacpack.com.au And the mega run that I actually do, in Brisbane they're doing one on New Year's night. Yeah. So they're starting at midnight. Yeah. And it's either a 10K half marathon or marathon. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'll do the marathon there and then just do the next two days and see how that i'll tell you you're going to see some sights in brisbane starting at midnight <laughs> yeah. finishing at four in the morning yeah oh my lord i know yeah but we'll soon see they yeah. might yeah some drunk people might come on a run with oh, me 100 percent, mate if i was if i saw you and i was on the drink i'd for sure start running with you probably about 100 meters yeah. <laughs> yeah. give up. so have you got any uh you got any plans to to go back and do any marathons back in scotland or anything hey, like i that? would like to go i should have done the london marathon before I came out here because mm. <laughs> I like to do the major ones yeah and um, tick them all off yeah um, so I'll go back and do the London Marathon yeah um, I'd like to do the Edinburgh one because mm -hmm. a lot of my friends now are saying they want to do marathons yeah. now that they're seeing me doing that's it. good yeah so I've made one of my friends I've made a running plan for her 
and one of my other friends, he was like, I might do the Edinburgh one in May. Yeah. So I'll make him, like, I'm no coach, but I'll tell you what I did and it seemed to <laughs> seemed to work. Mate, and that's, I sometimes find that that can be sometimes better than actual coach. Obviously, all of the science and the, the research and things like that, that all has its day. Yeah. And that's definitely super important. But sometimes just somebody like yourself being like, this is what I do. Because and I've successfully been. Able I think it's to a bit it. more relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Like a coach can sometimes like maybe want too much from you. Yeah, and want you to right stop drinking this, stop doing that, stop going out and just concentrate. Yeah, and that's not it's not realistic. Yeah, you sometimes know? you have to be able to to find that happy medium. You got to find that balancing where you can still have a life and still do the things that you like doing and yeah. enjoying and whatever that might be, and then also, you know, cracking into the training and things. It's funny because when I think of, um, like, somebody who hates my coaching, even though it's just as a personal thing, <laughs> when I go to the gym with my missus, she hates it when I give her any advice. I've been going to the gym for a long time. Yeah, like, yeah. I know my shit. I used to be a personal trainer years ago, and even if I'm just trying to give her some very loving, heartfelt advice, like, hey, just do this it's like the death stares do you think it's just because it's you oh, 100% <laughs> it's just because it's me it's got nothing to do with anything else if, if I was a personal yeah, trainer yeah, she'd and she didn't know that yeah. she'd be like oh my god thank you so much for the help but because it's me she's like fuck you go away <laughs> yeah. I don't want your fucking help oh man but that's whatever it is what it is um, so take me back then let's mm-hmm. uh, we'll put marathon running on ice for a little bit mm-hmm. take me back to life in Scotland you said that it's very traditional, very kind of old, stuck in its ways. Well, it's more just like people, like a lot of my friends, um, one of them lives like where they grew up. All my friends live obviously where we grew up, mm-hmm. but I've noticed a lot of people don't want, want to spread out from there. Yeah. Some people do, like I know a lot of people that have went to Australia and stuff, yeah. but just Scotland in general, it's like you live there, you go on holiday once a year, enjoy yourself and come back yeah. and just... Where's the where's your holiday destination when you're in Scotland? Just any party place. Yeah, (laughs) it was Ayanapa, Magaluf, um, Zante. Just they kind of just put you just go and party. Don't remember the whole week. Sleep all day. Yeah, party all night. Yeah, that's really it. Because they're they're close plane rides, right? Yeah, they're like like the longest one was like four hours. Yeah. And that's long for us. Yeah. Over here in Australia, you are doing that just to get around. Mate, 100%. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. But like, yes, they're normally like two-hour plane rides. Mm. You go there for like a long weekend or sometimes a week and then you come back. Man, there are so many people that'll be listening to this right now just going, I, one, paid half my (laughs) fucking savings to get there and two, spent four days in a fucking airport trying to get there. Well, I mean, like we would go on a holiday, it would cost maybe like, Four hundred, so say eight hundred dollars yeah. for like a full week. Yeah, and you go and it's just cheap drinks. Yeah, and it, like we went to a place Magaluf, or people in the UK will know. Yeah, it's just it's a shit hole basically. Yeah. but it's like the cheapest drinks party place. You get a band one night. Yeah, it's just free drinks everywhere you go. It doesn't matter. That's unreal. <laughs> yeah, and it's just but God, when you look back at pictures and stuff, it's just. God, it doesn't look nice. Thank God for sunnies, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, you look back and you're like, God, there's people just like, there's people being sick on here. There's people like pissing up the side of the road. Yeah. And you're walking down, you think it's the best time ever. Yeah, yeah. And you look back after a couple of years, like, geez, that's... Feral high sometimes. Yeah, well, yo, it, like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely. But yeah, I look back and I was like, nah, I couldn't, couldn't do that again. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just like travel now. Mm. I mean, I say that I travelled 
Asia at the end of last year. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like a travel, travel holiday. Yeah. And like I drank every day. Yeah. Because it's just. <laughs> yeah. Because that was going to be my next question. Like, obviously, you moved here to Australia and you wanted to for a while, but did you go anywhere else before then? Yeah. So well, me and my. Like? I've got a friend back home. He's mm -hmm. a PT. Yeah. And we were going to travel Asia and then finish in Australia. Mm -hmm. But then COVID happened and he's like, he wants to get more experience and now he's got a secure job. Yeah. Um, as a PT, get more experience, then come out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go straight to Australia, then I'll travel Asia. And I'm so, like, my with COVID, my visa took, like, two years mm. to come in because I had to get invited. I'm yeah. so glad it took so long because it gave me time to actually go to Asia. Yeah. Because I, I left my job, didn't have my visa here yet. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't want to be a mechanic anymore. I've mm -hmm. got to leave. I was like, I'll travel Asia for, it was supposed to be five weeks. Yeah. Ends up being three months. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then I landed, my last month was in Bali. Mm -hmm. I landed in Bali and I got an email saying, your visa's here. And I was yeah. like, thank God. Yeah. So then that whole month in Bali was just a party. Yeah. I was like, I got my visa, I don't yeah. care anymore. True. Ended up going back and then got all my shit together and flew over here. Yeah. Did you always want to get end up on the Gold Coast? Did you have yeah. a look at anywhere else? Um, well, I came in 2019, yep. uh, visited my sister. Uh, mm -hmm. So stayed with my uncle in Brisbane. Yeah. And um, did Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, only did like four days each. And mm. um, we did the Gold Coast and stuff. And I always remember the Gold Coast. I was like, that's nice. Yeah. And then, then you start looking at like YouTube videos of the Gold Coast and different things to do. I was like, that's a, that's a place to go. Yeah. And now that I've been here for five months, it's, I think I'll stay here for a while. Yeah. yeah. And when you speak to other people, they're like, yeah, I've been around like older guys, mm. like in the gym or something. They'll be like, yeah, I've been up to Brisbane. I've been up here. I've been to Perth. I always come back to the gold coast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I suppose that's all. That's the same everywhere though, because like for for me, like I lived on the Sunshine Coast for. A, I lived on the Gold Coast when mm -hmm. I was a teenager. Then I li when as soon as I was able to fin like when I finished school, I went straight to the sunny coast because I had grown up going on holiday there. Oh yeah. And then I never wanted to leave the Sunshine Coast, <laughs> and so I was just like, "Yep, the sunny coast is where I want to be." And then because my partner, her family lives on the Sunshine Coast, a large majority of them, and some of my family live up there. And now when we go back to the sunny coast, we're, we're a little bit like, I don't know if I want to live oh, here. Really? Yeah. yeah, it's oh. kind of like the opposite. Yeah. Whereas some people are just like what you're talking about and they're just like, yep, I always come back. This is always home kind yeah. of thing. But Whereas, I mean, they left for a reason. That's true. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Why are you always coming back? Why don't you just stay? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but I... I just think I'll stay. I never say I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life, but mm. from here it's my home at the moment. Yeah, where do you want to go while you're here? Um, I want else? to do. I want to travel the whole East Coast and stuff. Yeah, and I want to see. I've not heard a lot about Perth. Yeah, a lot of people say it's for like old people. Mate, I see. <laughs> so, Perth apparently, from what I've heard, I've never been there either. But the I've got a lot of friends that live over there, and they love it. Mm -hmm. They. Because they're all, you know, like our age. I'm a little bit older than you, but, um, you know, all our age and they all love it. And they, it's a great, great scene for all of the outdoors adventure stuff as well as still the party scene is, is pretty big over there. Beautiful beaches, beautiful spots. And then also you can go further north and go uh, further. Well, I guess it's east to them mm -hmm. and go and check out all of the desert side side of things and whatever and you also need to go to have you been to the northern territory yet no yeah so go northern territory go see like uh uluru all of those places unreal yeah i want to do i want to get like a van yeah and just do the whole like the people i live with have done the east coast like three or four times with their van and just yeah. say it's 
unreal. That one single road all the way up, and yeah. everyone's doing the same thing, you know. Yeah, it's so that's why I wanted. I wanted that. Yeah, next. I've done the I've done the East Coast um, a couple of times with like in a in my Ute, and we, me and my partner, we used to do it like annually. We would go for for a big drive, and we'd go for probably t- close to two weeks. Just take the swag and sleep on the side of the road and whatever and it's the best thing and that's what i love about australia is that there is it's so vast because it's so fucking big and you can drive for literally 24 hours and you've made it this far on the map you know what i mean like because you like because scotland is not very big correct no it takes you i think if you drive from like top to bottom like from scotland all the way down to the bottom of the uk yeah i don't know you can get there in like nine hours yeah Maybe, that's mental. Maybe not, ten or twelve if it's like busy. I'm not man, sure. But nine it's hours something like here, that. You're still in Queensland. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in Scotland, anywhere in Scotland, you can get there in mm. not a long time. Yeah. Like very top of Scotland, you maybe six hours. Yeah. If that. <laughs> what was your favourite thing about Scotland? Living there. Mm. I think when I look back, it's just because you know everyone. Mm. I think that's probably the best thing to say because. Yeah. You know everyone, but I just say it's a beautiful place to look at. Mm. You know, you can go like twenty minutes from my house is um, the mountains. You yeah. can go, you can run, um, you you can go. There's two hundred and eighty. We call them Munros. Yeah, it's like in between a hill and a mountain, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go, you can climb up them, or you can go to the the sea. There's mm-hmm. there's everything there. Yeah. you know. And we've actually got. I'm sure it's like two or three of the top beaches in the world. Really? In like, Scotland? can't really enjoy them. I was going to say, <laughs> if I could lay down there in like, your speedos, you'd get frostbite. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a thing called, it's a North Coast, is it North Coast? North Coast 500, I think. It's 500 miles around the whole of Scotland. Yeah. And all the beaches are there, and they're, they're stunning. A couple mm. of my friends have done it. Yeah. Again, it's, it's free, even in summer. Yeah. The water's so cold. Yeah. <laughs> can't absolutely. enjoy it as much. Now, I guess the biggest question as being a Scot, have you seen the Loch Ness? No, I haven't. You haven't found it. I haven't. What? Are you, I haven't. What's your? I want to. I want to hear this from a Scot. <laughs> is it legit or is it a bunch of shit? It's so shit. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it's it is. It's so shit. But then yeah. you you do see some things come out like every couple of years, and it doesn't. Yeah, make you, fucking it, fish. It, like. <laughs> no, but it does make you think. Go well. The lock is deep enough for that. Yeah. And oh, there is that, but no, it's, nah. Have it's you so, been? Have you been seen like seen the lock? Like yeah, the, like I've been there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's huge and stuff, and it's nice, but it's definitely like there's there's tours mm. to go and just to go out and see it. <laughs> and guess what? No one's ever saw it. <laughs> they haven't. Where did that? Where do you know like the the uh, history of that? Or I where have it, no idea where mate, that came because that had to have been some bloke been having <laughs> yeah. a, having a couple of chills on the good stuff yeah. and seen a fish or a lizard and just been like, mate. I mean, I've seen uh, God knows this is true, but you've seen pictures of something. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. And then you see people come out with like, you know, you have those boats that can show you the how deep it is in yep. the fish. Like, oh, there was something there that day, but it's not there today. And it's just like, God, yeah. get over it. Of course. And then somebody is there with photos just being like, just taken photos. Yeah, like, some, just in case, you know. This is, like, I mean, look, if I went to Scotland, I would 100% go and I'd probably go on the tour yeah. just so <laughs> that I can say that I've been and so that I could be like what a load of shit <laughs> yeah but man the amount of money we make out of tourists oh it's, absolutely like every like scottish shop you have the scottish 
um, Scottish hat, yeah. and then you have the Loch Ness monster, to- like little yeah. toy everywhere you go. Everywhere. And I was like, God, the amount of money they must make. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same with us with kangaroos with boxing gloves on. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yes, that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've probably seen that video of the dude, like, yeah. where he's holding the dog. And yeah, he's, yeah. Like, standing like this, and he goes and punches on. That's yeah. so funny. But uh, I've been chased by a kangaroo before. They'll definitely chase after you. Yeah, I've been told to watch because there's a. It's like 20 minutes. I can't remember what the walk is, but mm. it's like a kangaroo and koala walk. Yeah. And you see, like, wild koalas and there's kangaroos everywhere. Mm. But they do say, like, you've got to, you do have to watch, especially oh, yeah. if they've got their babies beside them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, like, being cautious. What was the wildest thing that you heard about Australia before you were ready to come over here? Oh. Bro, I heard that you can get burnt in, like, three minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what? They're yeah. like, yeah, instead of the news, like, the news in Scotland is, like, how much is it going to rain today? Yeah. Or what's the weather? And it's like, Australia's like, yeah, don't step out your door because you, you burn in like three minutes. Yeah. I was like, nah, surely not. And I came here, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed even, I went to the Gold Coast 50, um, the Gold Coast 500 for yep. the racing. Mm-hmm. And it was raining and cloudy. Yeah. And I got burnt to a crisp. Yeah. And I was like, how? Yeah. <laughs> there was no sun that day. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, like, still it's burnt. almost like Australian common knowledge that when it's, overcast is the day where you're going to get the most burnt because you don't feel the heat yeah. and you go home and you take your shirt off and you've just got the, that the hard way. My yeah. neck, like I never knew. I was just making dinner and one of my flatmates was like, you get burnt today? I was like, no, no. And she goes, you did? Yeah. I was like, how? Oh, she goes, look at your arms and your neck. I went, I just took my top off and I was like, oh my. Because you don't feel it. You know, it's yeah. a little breeze, kind of, not, not cold, but it's definitely not really warm that you'd yeah. feel. Like in Scotland... Well, I used to get burnt at like 11 degrees in Scotland. Mm. <laughs> I posted something I remember like a couple of years ago. All my friends, topless, playing football in the park yeah. on like a bank holiday. And it was yeah. 11 degrees. Yeah. And my cousins were like, why have you got your top off? And I was like, listen to this. We're all burnt. <laughs> and it's 11 degrees. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got to take it cautious over here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did you um, like through school and things like that in Scotland, did you just have to, is it on a special occasion that you wear things like kilts and things like that? Or does everybody wear it? Is it just a... No, no, no one. You wear them at weddings and stuff, yeah, okay. but you never, no one really wears them. No. I mean, I've never owned one. Yeah, a lot okay. of people just rent them as well. Okay. Just for a special occasion. Yeah. Um, and that's really it. What but about the bagpipes? You know how to play them? No. No? I, don't really, I like the sound of them, but... They're hard because if you muck up a tiny bit, they're the worst sounding things. Oh, mate. There's <laughs> a lot of people just hate them in general. See, I don't I've, really mind them. I've got, I like them. And um, being in the military, they play them all the time. Mm. And so there was a, there's a particular part on pretty much all barracks have got it. So at ours, and it was up where the coffee shop was because we had a coffee shop on base. And um, there was where the pipes and drums guys, they used to practice because they were like soldiers that were maybe injured or something like that and that's where they would go and then they would learn how to play the drums learn how to play the bagpipes and you could hear it through the whole goddamn place (laughs) and when they were learning you could fucking tell they were learning because it was somebody was rolling over a cat with a truck it (laughs) was shocking well in in like um we call it primary school so like up to like 11 years old yeah they do have like the flute which is like the bass before you get to like bagpipes yeah. and they do teach you that oh, yeah. and stuff and you got to learn all the Scottish poems and stuff and yeah. you... hit us with a Scottish oh, poem no. don't try and tell uh, me you don't remember there's one there's one was it like addressed to it's called addressed to a haggis okay I don't have a clue 
I can't, I, I can't even like read it. Yeah. It's like that's thick Scottish, like old Scottish. Yeah, right. It's like, you know, you have old English. Yeah. It's like, this is like old Scottish yeah. and it's, I can't even read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you said that because, correct me if I'm wrong, your sister's name is Sophie. Uh, Steph, 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 yes. Steph, sorry. So my my missus, she knows Steph. Yeah, yeah. And she said the same thing that you're talking about with old Scottish is it was the same when she was on the drink, is that it pushed further and <laughs> yep. further into the realm where Emily would be there and just be like, I'm so sorry, what did you just say to me? Because it yeah. would just get worse and worse and slur all together. Yeah, sounds um, a bit right. Yeah, Does it, do you have the same issue? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Even when um, I'm on FaceTime to my friends yeah. and there's like my flatmates are next to me, they're like, geez, you, you go Scottish when you FaceTime them. Yeah. And I was like, because they, obviously they're speaking back and yeah. it's all the same. And especially when I was travelling, because there's so many different people, like from all different countries, mm. I would slow it right down and I would meet a Scottish person and I would go right back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the hell are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that that's the thing. Like I, I knew a girl who was, she had lived in Australia for like a number of years, but her she was originally from the UK and she was from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, that Geordie Shaw yeah. typical <laughs> accent. Thick accent. And so thick. <laughs> and so her parents sounded like that. And when she was with her friends or with myself it was australian she sounded aussie like every now and then there would be a couple of words that were just like that's not right but to her it was Mm -hmm. but to me it was just like all right you're whinge and pom and um and then but when she would talk to her parents straight away man (laughs) like thick thick geordie accent and it was wild and (laughs) i I couldn't i couldn't believe it yeah but i like my sister obviously still got a scottish accent Mm. but you can hear little bits of Australian coming through now. Oh, yeah. And I can tell, I'm like, geez, you didn't say, you used to say that or she says phrases. Yeah. So I can just imagine when, if she was to get drunk or something, yeah. it's going more from a, a slight Australian to Scottish. Yeah. Rather than already being full Scottish, yeah. she's starting to be a bit Australian. Was there any Australian slang that you struggled with picking up on or is it um, very similar? What's this oath? Like oath? fucking oath. Yeah, fucking oath. Well, I have no idea. Well, I hear it all the time. Yeah, like, I think it's like... <laughs> It'd be the closest thing to being like, you know, that's like true gospel. What you're saying, fucking oath. Oh, that is okay. legit. What you know, so <laughs> yeah. So now you can start saying that. And you yeah, know what that's it means. that's the one that I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then what was not? It just it's getting used to you shortening every single word. Everything. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Like my manager at work. Well, he was a manager from Melbourne. He came up for the week to train people, mm-hmm. and him and another Australian was speaking, and I'm sure he's did a full sentence and not one full word was in it. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, I'm getting used to like the, the arvo and the, the servo and all that. Yeah, yeah. The easy stuff. Yeah, of course. But they, they come out with some things and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, you don't know that shorten for this word. Mm. But yeah, you like to shorten that. And so. it's so funny because like I don't even notice it. And like when I try and think of things that like I shorten, that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even really realise that I do it until you get somebody being like, what? Yeah. What did you just say? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, like even because I'm selling on the phones. Yeah. It's hard. Like when you're speaking to someone face to face, if you don't pick up something, you can kind of work it out. Yeah. When you're on the phone, some of the Australians speak to me and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what. <laughs> and you've got to try to act like you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well. Uh, okay. And, and they go, what do you mean? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah not... <laughs> they have no idea. And I've had to slow it down big time on yeah. the phones as well. Yeah. Because I used to just speak as. I, I like to speak. And then when I've just learned something, mm. 
I like to teach everyone it. Mm. So when you're on the phone, you want to tell the customer how good the company is. Mm. And they're like, just slow it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this is when you get more excited, it comes out. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have like an actual language in Scotland? Like is, is Scottish actually... It's Gaelic. Gaelic, So like okay, yeah. the Irish have Gaelic, we have yeah. Gaelic. Oh, Gaelic, okay. Man, I don't know. No one speaks it. You don't no. get taught it at school or okay. nothing. There's pro- I remember as a kid, no idea why I used to do it. I used to watch Gaelic programs. Yeah. And my mum would be like, why are you watching? Like, I have yeah. no idea what they're saying. Yeah. And there's no subtitles or nothing. Yeah. Just be watching Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why. And she's like, what are they saying? I don't know. I'm just mm. watching it. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to watch, uh, I don't know if you guys had it in Scotland. I used to watch Inspector Rex. You know, that mm, used I to be, no a, on, in Australia, it used to be on SBS. And uh, it was a German, I think it was German, German show. And it was about a cat, like a German shepherd canine police dog. Yeah. And it'd have like subtitles on it, but most of the time just sitting there watching, like not not having any idea, just watching this dog running around biting fuckers because that was his job. He was the best, best police officer on the force was a German shepherd. But... It was, uh, but, yeah. yeah, that's it's, it's Gaelic, but no one gets taught. If you go yeah. up north, they they'll probably speak it a little bit. Mm. But geez, even going up north, I struggle. I had um, a few people in my college course from a place called Oban, mm-hmm. which is way up north, yeah. and it's like a t- <laughs> they speak like a totally different language. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like um, you know, like an auctioneer. Mm. That's how they speak. Really, like every every sentence is just a hundred miles an hour. And yeah, like, right. <laughs> That's and is that the same like all over Scotland? Like if you go to the southern part, west, north, yeah, east, the accents. I don't know how many accents there are just in Scotland. Mm. It's crazy. Like I'm from Edinburgh, so I'm class. It's almost like a posh accent I right. have. Okay. And then you go to Glasgow, and it's like a totally different. Mm. We call it a Ouija accent. Yeah. Where you can't can't understand half the words they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Then you go up north and it's totally like, again, like an auctioneer. Mm. And you go to Aberdeen and it's slightly different as well. Yeah. It's, That's wild. Yeah. Did you um did you get around uh, rugby at all? When no. You, nah? In Scotland, it's a bit... Scotland's obviously massive on rugby. Yeah. But I, all my friends are into football. Yeah. So it's like, if you're into football, you hate rugby. Mm. If you're into rugby, you hate football. Right. That's what... So I've always been like... Not a fan of rugby. Like, yeah. I don't mind watching it mm. if Scotland are playing. Did you go ever go to, like, um, go and see any of the, what is it? I don't know what it's called because I'm not a soccer fan or football <laughs> fan. Um, like, go see Manchester United, Manchester City or no, any of I those. No, I did see, um, I went down to see Newcastle because my friend went to university at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. We went down to a Newcastle match, but only because my friends were going and they enjoyed it. Yeah. And we in Edinburgh, it's Hearts and Hibs as the football teams. Mm. So I would say I support Hearts because sure. my best friend support Hearts. Yeah. Um, so I'd go to some of the games there, but like, I don't, I couldn't care less if they won or lost. Yeah, you know? yeah, I would yeah. just go. Just like, for the atmosphere. I went one time because it was an away game. Mm-hmm. So it's just mostly about drinking. Yeah, <laughs> they, of the, it is. the game is like the smallest part of the day. <laughs> so I was like, would you like to come? I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't really know. And they're like, yeah, we get up at eight, we go to the pub, and I was like, yeah, I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just go drink all day. Can't even remember if we won or lost. Yeah. And then come back, yeah. A successful day on the piss. Exactly, then, huh? yeah. yeah. Good. Um, all right, so let's get back to marathon running. Yes. Okay, so what's your uh, what's your recovery look like? Are you going to a recovery centre? Are you yes. doing anything um, like that? I go to the recovery lab that's in Bundle. Yep. So they do shout out them. Yep. They do... If they want a sponsor. He needs a sponsor for recovery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do like, um, they do cold plunge, sauna, 
Um, have you seen compression boots yep. that you yep. put on? They do that. They do it for your hips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and go there as much as I can. Try yep. and do twice a week. If I can do three times a week, I'll try. Yeah. Um, but I do like half an hour to an hour in the recovery boots. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the ice bath, but they have a contrast. Yeah. So they do like five degrees and then they have a 40 degree one as well. So yep. go the hot back, cold therapy back and stuff. Forth, yeah. yeah. Try and That's do that. good. That's good stuff. I've done that hot cold therapy playing rugby. Mm-hmm. And... I tell you, I fucking hate those ice baths. Yeah, it's not easy. Mate. Not easy. Like, after you've done it, probably, like, because we used to do it in, like, we would do rounds. So we would sit in them for between 90 seconds and three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, And they would be probably, I'd say, about four degrees, six degrees somewhere. They're fucking freezing. Yeah. And the first time you get in that thing, it is just like... Take your breath. Bro, your (laughs) breath's gone. And you're just sitting there just shaking like a leaf. Yeah. And then by the fourth round of doing it, it's not too bad. But, yeah, man, that's... Yeah, I worked... I did... Well, the first time I went, there was already someone in it mm. and they have a timer. Yeah. And they did four minutes. And I was like, geez, four minutes my first time. And it was seven degrees. Yeah. And I was like, the guy was like, you just got to do it. Yeah. And he was like in the hot one. He's like, I'll just talk you through it. And I just got in and I just went. <gasps> yeah. And he's like, breathe. And I was like. And end up end up pushing through four minutes. Mm-hmm. And he got out and had a shower and was finished. I was like, I'm not doing another four minutes. Yeah. So I did another like two minutes, a couple of rounds work my way up so now i do like i do three rounds of five minutes yeah hot and cold yeah um so i try and get because i think they say like it's 11 minutes a week you start mm-hmm. feeling benefits for like mental health anxiety yeah stuff like that so i want to try and get over that 11 minutes yeah so now i'm going two days a week i'm getting like half an hour yeah um of the cold yeah but they did they have a board in there for eight minutes and you get your picture so I'm going to have to try. Mate, by eight <laughs> minutes, I would lose function to my body and I'd get yeah. out and just like roll. Well, they've changed it. It used to be seven degrees. Yeah. And they changed it to five. Yeah. And I was... Huge difference. So I was. I asked a woman, I was like, is there a big difference? She was like, I would just try it. She was like, I'm not too sure. She knew exactly there was a yeah. big difference. And I, I got in, I was like, can't be that big. Yeah. I, went, I jumped in, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But what I've noticed with the five degrees is... I don't know, I almost get to a state where it's comfortable quicker. Yeah. Because I think I just go so cold so quick that mm. you almost get numbed. Yeah. But that's where they say you have to keep moving. Moving and around. That's the worst It's part. hard. Mentally, when I'm sitting there, like, freezing, going, I should really move because I'll get colder. And it's trying to get moving. But you've got to try it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I've, got a, uh, I've got an ice bath in, the, uh, in my backyard. And it was one that I just bought online. Mm-hmm. And just one of those ones that looks like... Uh, like a little tub yeah, kind of yeah. thing. And even that thing gets like, because I put like I put a bucket load of ice in it. I learnt from the uh, the early stages when I got it. I was just like, I'll just go to the servo, buy a couple of bags of ice, chuck it in it. As soon as you chuck it in, you just watch it all melt oh, straight really? away. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, there's $50 worth of ice gone like that. <laughs> so what I did is over time is I just accumulated just big buckets of, just I just did big buckets of water, put them in the freezer, mm-hmm. freeze them. And that's fine. Like, I don't know how cold it is, but it's cold enough that when you get in, it takes your it's breath away. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, and if you just kind of swish around a little bit, you make it colder. But those hot cold therapies are unbelievable for your recovery. Do you find that it helps your recovery massively? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That I've, like, I never even took my recovery serious when I was doing running back in Scotland. Yeah. Because I, be, I would drink, like, as soon as the run was over, mm. I'd be like, cool, that's it. I'll just, I'll rest. I won't yeah. go to the gym. That was yeah. it. That was my recovery. <laughs> yeah. But now I do, like, hot cold therapy, the compression boots. I have a massage gun. Yeah. So I do that in the morning, and then I do that at night. Mm. It just loosens up the muscles before bed. Yeah. I started taking 
um, triple magnesium. Yep. That has changed my life. Mm. I sleep like a baby. Yeah. I have that, go straight to bed. And there's a supplement from, you know, Duterra, the essential yes. oil company? Yep. They've started, a, it's called Metapower. Okay. It's a little sachet. It's got like nine different collagens in it. Mm-hmm. But it's also got NMN, mm-hmm. which it helps your cells in your body, gives you energy. Yeah. And that's, I can work out a lot harder for a lot longer. Yeah. And the recovery is quicker again. Yeah. So they too, better night's sleep, better recovery. It's changing. And your sleep, your sleep is almost like one of the most important things that you can get right. And if you're doing all of those things with your nutrition yeah. and with that collagen stuff and so many other different um, supplements and things that you can get, if you sleep well, all of that stuff actually works better. That's a big thing that people don't wrap their head around yeah. is that if they, you, you pump yourself full of all of these supplements and things like that, but unless you're actually sleeping and allowing your body to actually stop and rest, then you just all of those things you'll just piss them out or shit them out or whatever yeah. and it will do nothing because after like a long like I did one what was it yeah Friday there I did like 36 kilometers before work yeah. and work I was like my legs were sore mm. I tried to go to the gym at night and I was like do you know what I just go to bed mm. I went to bed and woke up next day my legs weren't sore nothing yeah. just a recovery just for sleep yeah. get a good 7-8 hours mm. have yeah. you had any uh, injuries during your, your marathon Luckily, training Luckily, Got any woods? Touch yeah. Woods. <laughs> Touch that <laughs> desk, mate. Yeah. Um, no, I've not had any. I had, last marathon, I got a little niggle in my foot. Yeah. So I took like three days off just to, it was quite close to the marathon. So mm. I was like, I don't want to push it. Yeah. But I probably could have just pushed past that and it would have been fine. I just didn't want to chance it. Mm. And then maybe it, when I first started running, um, my IT band yeah. was in agony. Mm. But that was just building up the volume far too much. Yeah. They say... Um, build it up 10% every week. Yep. So I would just build it up and I'd just be like, oh, I'll just try and go this long run now yep. <laughs> without, yeah. without doing anything, not stretching in the, mo- in the morning and yep. stuff like that. You did so. that 10 by 10 build up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just know that I'm stretching in the morning recovery. I've touched wood, not had any injuries. Yeah. So hopefully keep it that way. But Have you got um, a particular set, like pair of, like I, I guess all athletes have got their little things that they do before they go for competition runs mm-hmm. or even training. Like for me, when I played rugby, I always had to wear the same pair of speedos under my oh, yeah. under my footy shorts. A bit superstition. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like those types of things. I always had to like touch the grass, but when I ran mm-hmm. out onto the field, and then you know, like fucking all of that weird shit, touch my chest in a certain way, whatever. Yeah. Have you got any little superstitious things that you? Not do? Not superstitious, but I do. Again, it is probably a little bit like that, but yeah. I do the same stretching routine every morning, whether yeah. I go for a 5K run or a 30K run. Mm-hmm. It's just the longer the runs, I do a bit more activation, yeah. like getting the muscles firing, but the stretching is the exact same. Yeah. And if I forget one little part, like I, like for an example, I roll my ankles to like loosen them up. Mm. If I forget 1K in, I'm like, oh, that feels strange. And I'm like, never rolled my ankles. Yeah. This run's going to be the worst. Yeah, so I've yeah. got to stop and roll them. Yeah. I could probably push through, but that's another thing. Yeah. I forgot to do that, mm. you know, or if I'm in a rush, I might just skip one thing and it probably makes no difference. But after I came, like, oh, I shouldn't have skipped that. And then you start to feel things that yeah. are in your legs. Well, that placebo effect is is huge. I read a, I read a study about, they got, uh, I think it was 10 um, United States veterans that went through um, like active combat mm. and they were all suffering from massive arthritis in their knees. And or at least they, they said that they had the the walk and the limps and things like that. And out of ten um, case study people, mm-hmm. they did the knee surgery on two of them. Then for the other eight, they put them under the anaesthetic, made them go to sleep, 
and then gave them the incisions on their um, their legs and then sewed them straight back up. Wrapped oh, them up, as if they had done it. Wrapped them up in bandages, things like that. Yeah. And then uh, when they came back to, they're like, yep, surgery was a success. And all of them said that they didn't suffer from arthritis anymore. Yeah. Obviously, the actual physiological sides of it would say that yeah. they still have arthritis in their knees if that's, you know, they're not x-rays. But it gave them the relief. And 100%. Yeah. I remember when I was a personal trainer, I had, um, I had a client who she was very consistent but also extremely inconsistent if that, like, she had one end of the spectrum or the other. Yeah. And I remember she was training with me uh, all the time and but she wasn't seeing any of the results and then she would come to a training session one day and she was just super flat and she was just like, I don't want to do this. And she'd been like that for a little bit. And so I had my water bottle that was there with me and I was just like, look, this has got some, um, you know, BCAAs, EAAs in there. Uh, it'll give you that boost of energy that you need. There's some pre-workout stuff in there too. It'll give you that boost. And so I was like, here, just drink this. So she drank it and then she put in fucking the best effort I'd seen her do. And then I was like, how did that, do you feel like that helps you? Mm -hmm. And she goes, yeah, massively. And I'm like, that was water. There's There's nothing in it it at all. It was literally just water. And so, but all it came back to was just her mindset. Mm -hmm. It was just because because I had told her, this is going to help you. Immediately it just triggered that like, oh, okay. Yeah. That feel good serotonin feeling, and they're like, "Okay, this is going to help me. It's going to give me that boost." Yeah, well, and just finished our podcast with uh, Andrew Huberman. Yep, and smart dude. Oh, Holy yeah. man! <laughs> I don't know how he has all that in his brain, but Mate, makes me feel like an idiot. Like yeah. I like to think that I know things, and then you listen to someone like that, and you're like, "I need to <laughs> yeah, read a three book." Three hours just on like one topic. Yeah. It's like, well, but he did a podcast recently with Chris Williamson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about um, stress of the brain and stuff. And they showed like a group of people a five-minute factual video about all the bad things that stress can do mm. to you, right? Like raise your blood pressure, all the bad things, but factual. Yeah. And then another group was five minutes of still factual, but all the benefits of stress. Yep. And then they put them into stressful situations. And then one, all the benefits came out, and one, all the bad stuff came out with the people that watched the bad yep. one. Just because they watched it and believed it, mm. just with their belief is. Yeah. It's all the same. It's the power of the mind is enormous. Yeah. What you and what you the same as what we were talking about before is that the food that you put and you fuel your body yep. is what you're able to perform and how you feel. Same thing with what you're putting into those black holes in the middle of your yeah, head. It's like with that's exactly scrolling TikTok and all you see is negative stuff. It's gonna yep. be that's why I try and watch. I don't watch TV or anything, mm. but I try and watch all like Andrew Huberman stuff. Yep. Anything I can learn. Sometimes I'm not taking it in. Yeah, but at least. It's something beneficial if I do take some of yeah. it in, you know. Well, it's one of those things that, like, even when you're not necessarily consciously watching it, like you're saying, and you're not sitting there and analysing everything that's coming out of their mouth and whatever, even if you've got it on in the background, background noise is huge because mm. what you're feeling, and it's the same reason why babies go to sleep with that static noise that because reminds them of when they were inside of their mother's stomach. And it's the same thing. It's background noise. The baby's not sitting there looking at the little monitor going, <laughs> put me to sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's soothing to like them. subconscious and so, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so what you put into your ears and into your eyes and into your mouth, all of those things, they fuel your body, fuel your mind, fuel you to be able to do all of the things that you want to. And if it's shit, fucking guess what's going to happen? Yeah. It's going to be that's shit. That's why I try and always 
try and find the positive in things. Mm. Like with the uh, my visa taking two years. Yeah. In that eighteen months, I was waiting after like I submitted stuff. I was like, God, why is it taking ages? If only I'd went before COVID and everything. Mm. But then you kind of figure it out and go, well, if it didn't take that long, I wouldn't have went to Asia and stuff like that. I got to spend more time with my friends before yep. I left, more time with my family. Mm. Got to figure out the little good things in life. And, it's, and that's just a shift in the way you view things. Yeah. You know, you can either look at everything that happens in your life that might be negative and use it as that, as an excuse to not ever do anything again, never find any drive, never find any mm -hmm. purpose, never find a why. Or you can do the complete opposite and you can use it as the, well, I don't ever want to feel like that again and I'm going to push myself yeah. in this direction. I'm going to use all of those negative circumstances to change my mind to be able to do something positive with my life. And it's the same, like I, I read it ages ago, it was the same thing with a, um, a brother and a sister or a brother and a brother, whatever. Siblings that grew up in the same family household and a parent was an alcoholic. And one sibling turned into the exact thing that they didn't want, that they grew up around, yeah. and the other used it as a complete deterrent to be like, I never want to be like that. Just who you... Exactly. Your perspective, Perspective, you know? Yeah. You know, perspective is huge. And it's like, I think also people need to figure out is like, what's really a problem in your life? Mm. Like, I was, I was saying, like, I wasn't getting my visa. That was the biggest problem in my life. Because I still had a secure job. I was healthy. Still had all my friends around me. It was just going to take a little bit longer to get mm. to Australia. That's not really a... A big problem. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they make small problems into massive problems and then that consumes them. It's almost know? like people are, are looking for a problem to be able to create an excuse. Yes, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Like, because, because their life is quite easy when the first, you know, maybe, then the first thing bad or struggle that comes then they use it as they, I've needed this to be able to justify why I haven't, made any progress with other things and it's mm -hmm. like because oh, everything's so hard you yeah know? and so they need that that issue to be able to have an issue yeah know? it's like there's always people like as you say you say with the alcoholic parent yeah you could be like oh his life was bad because his parents were alcoholics there's a lot of people out there that have made their life amazing mm. because their parents were alcoholics yeah you know it's like you, you can't put that excuse on on Absolutely. yourself, you know, it's, yeah. it's about what you do. Yeah, for but sure. it's not easy. Life's not. not Mate, that life, easy, is, man. <laughs> life is a an enormous amount of curveballs and a lot of negative things and a lot of positive things, mm -hmm. and it's just figuring it out and finding what the fuck you like to do, what you don't like, and then that changes. Yeah, and then there's no rush. No, nah, and there's but also that's what I used to think is was, if God, I'm twenty now. What? What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Like, God, there's no yeah. rush. Man, that's it. Hey, like the amount of people who have restarted at, you know, all different age brackets and things, you know, like I I can't remember the exact age that they were, but you look at some of the most successful actors, right? Like Samuel L. Jackson didn't get his yeah. first movie break until he was like in his 40s or something mm -hmm. like that the same with oprah oprah everybody knows who the fuck oprah is but she didn't become famous until she was in her late 30s yeah and now she's you can never remember a time before oprah you know yeah, like, yeah, I know, yeah. and that's the same with everybody it's like sure maybe you won't ever become a household worldwide famous person but maybe you will, and it's never too late. You just have to start. Yeah, and you've just got to. And that's put, the hardest part. <laughs> that's it, because <laughs> it's because what we were talking about before is that 
everybody lives in a comfort zone. People who are successful have pushed the envelope of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. They've stepped outside of it and then they've come back into it and then they find a new comfort zone because they've stepped out of the previous one and then they're just constantly hopscotching between yeah. comfort zones and finding their new push, their new niche, where they want to go, what they want to do. And that's why I'd like to get people to do more. Is you Being uncomfortable in situations is like one of the best things to grow yeah i guess this isn't really comfortable for me yeah. <laughs> you're making it a lot more comfortable <laughs> trust me. but like even things like when i post on social media yeah like trying to get the word out about my marathons yeah. and stuff like that and trying to educate people it's not i don't like putting up a camera yeah. i'd rather speak face to face yeah. with people but it's, you know it's got to be done it's yeah. doing things uncomfortable yeah. it's like that ned brockman said get comfortable doing the uncomfortable yeah and you've got to do it and mate it is it's so and it'll true. become comfortable exactly like my just was going back to like marathons yeah like i run a half marathon or a 30k in the weekend that's just kind of like my new normal now yeah which to other people to me it sounded crazy back then mm. but now it's just new normal because yeah. it's that used to be uncomfortable you just keep on doing it and now it's just kind of normal to me now yeah you know and it's just like everything else and i think that that's a lot of people find themselves struggling to be like, well, I don't want to be uncomfortable, but you have been at some point. When you finished school and you had to walk, walk into the workforce, you were uncomfortable. Yeah. You had to learn all of these new skills. You didn't know them. You didn't know any of the people. You didn't know the job. And now that's your comfort zone. But five years, 10 years, one year, whatever it was, you were uncomfortable being there. Yeah. You can be uncomfortable again. Just don't be afraid to be. Yeah. Sitting in that ice bath at five degrees when it was seven. That's now a new uncomfortable zone. Yeah. But now you're finding that it's becoming more comfortable and you have a goal that is to sit in there for longer than what other people are. Mm -hmm. And that's... It's like, um, do you know Nick Bear yep. on YouTube? Yeah. He's got, I don't know if it's his quote, but he's always like, choose your heart. Mm. So it's like... Everything, everything in life, some things are hard. Just choose the one that's beneficial for you. Yep. Training's hard, but also like being a bit overweight, having like sore bones and stuff, but you not trained your body. That's also hard. Mm. But the training's a better hard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sticking to a diet's kind of hard, but like overeating and feeling really shit after every meal, that's pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like choosing the the better hard to go yeah. to go with. You know. Absolutely. And so for you now. What's your what's the hard that you're choosing? Just running, running. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's get just getting up every day, running, trying yep. to do. I'm trying to like at the moment. I'm training like legs twice a day yep. to get used to running on sore legs. Mm. I don't have to do that. Yeah, but it's just something I'm choosing to. Yeah. just choosing things to, just making my life a bit more harder because mm. I'm very lucky. My life's nice at the moment. Yeah, so I'm just choosing things to make it that little bit harder. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. I should have brought a piece of timber in here for you. Touch wood, touch wood, touch yeah. wood the whole time. <laughs> I know. I'm waiting for something to happen. <laughs> and so, um, Nick, if people want to be able to support you, uh, follow along with what you're doing, uh, because, mate, it's a great thing that you're doing and I really hope that so many people get behind you with obviously the, the funding side of mm -hmm. it because that's amazing what you're putting it towards and then also getting out there and fucking going for a yeah. run with you as well. Like even like my friends now that are just saying, oh, I think I might run. That's making me go, yeah. yeah. You've never said that before. But that's also encouraging for you too because that means that what you're doing is reaching yeah. so many people. And it's very easy to compare yourself uh, the same way that it's very easy for me to compare what I do with the podcast to people who have 
one, either been doing it longer, or two, have a massive, enormous following. Yeah. But you've got to remember that if in one day, 300 people or however many followers on Instagram, TikTok, this and that, whatever, however many people view your videos, if that amount of people were to come to you in one single day yeah. and to be like, hey, man, thanks for putting that up. Hey, man, thanks for putting that yeah. up. By the end of 250 people, you'd be like, fucking hell, how many more people are going to come and thank me? And it's very easy to get lost in that world with imposter syndrome that you were talking about before. And, mate, just fucking keep on doing what you're doing. It's awesome. So for donating, it's all on my Instagram bio. So it's Nicholas Mackay 10 And it's the same on TikTok as well. Yeah. And even if people can't donate, if they can just share the stuff, share the message. Yeah. Get around it. Follow, follow it along, like yeah. all of the stuff that goes I'm up I'm trying there. to post as much as I can. It's not comfortable, but I'm trying to post on my runs and anything I'm learning about mindset or running techniques or yep. I'm just posting about it. And, and see. if people are down on the on the Gold Coast and they yeah, want to come... Yeah, if you're on the Gold Coast, just DM me on Instagram and yep. I'll run with you. Yeah. But on March, from March 1st to March 27th or 26th, whatever it works out to be, um, it'll be down the Gold Coast. Probably it's... At the moment, going to be every night. Yeah. But that might change. Yeah. You can come along. You can run a couple of k's with me, or run a whole marathon if you want. How good, <laughs> mate! I'd love to say I'd run a marathon with you, but I know for sure my knees would fall <laughs> apart. Yeah. Even if people could come down and take pictures, because I can't, I can't video myself the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And uh, well, what's that? What's that running group that you're a part of? Um, Mega Run. Mega Run. Yeah. So they do it in it's Gold Coast, Brisbane. I'm sure it's Sydney and. Melbourne. Yeah. And it's every Saturday or Sunday before six. Yeah. Everyone gets out and does ten Ks. Yeah. You don't have to do ten kilometers, it's just but it's about pushing yourself, you know. You should get them to like get some hey, photo- I'm trying. get some photographers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm in the process of doing it with yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well Nick, I really appreciate you coming down, mate, yeah. and making Thanks the trip the down. Did you run here or drive? <laughs> no, I did drive here. <laughs> well, you can run home mate, <laughs> yeah, from yeah. here. Nick, thanks so much, mate. Yeah, thank you. And I look forward to seeing everything you're doing. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, See mate. You. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining me for an episode of Thriving in Chaos. You can fill out a Q&A here on Spotify and tell me what you liked about the episode, what you got out of it, because it's important that I know that what I am releasing, you guys are enjoying. If you haven't already, hit that follow button, the little bell icon, and you can stay up to date for all of the new episodes. You'll get notified when a new one comes out, so you'll always be in the know. Head over to Instagram, Paz underscore official page, and you can send me a message. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear more of. And you can also see all of my daily content that I release. Anyway, guys, that's enough from me. And until next time, I'll see you later.